You are listening to the Meant to Make It podcast. If you have lost income amid the COVID-19 crisis, you are tuned into the right channel. Whether you've totally lost your income or are adjusting to a decrease in your income, Meant to Make It will help you navigate this uncharted territory. You can rely on me for concrete evidence-based coaching tools that will ensure you move forward with courage, confidence, and clarity of mind. I'm your host, Holly Wright life and mindset coach. Thank you for pressing play. Now let's up level your thinking. Hey, I'm so glad you're here and listening to the Meant to Make It podcast. I'm so sorry this episode is a couple of days late. I've been working on my new coaching concept a lot, working on my mindset around it, working on the content for it, and I'm not quite ready to announce exactly what it is yet. It's coming soon, and I'm also not quite ready to let go of the podcast as it is now because I will be rebranding the podcast so that I can make it more specific to the coaching that I'm going to do, but for now, I love teaching these concepts so broadly. If you're not a coach, you might not understand exactly what that means, but basically this is the foundation for everything. So if you're one of my listeners who has been here since the beginning, these first six, this is the seventh episode, are the foundations of everything thought work and the foundations that I use to change my life. So I'm super excited to be able to talk about them in this way more broadly And today I'm going to be building on episode six, talking about emotions. And on episode six, I spoke about how circumstances are always neutral. I talked about how there is nothing that happens in the world, no matter how bad it is, that can cause you to feel any way at all. And it's always our thoughts about it. And you'll know that you're getting good at this concept because when something happens and you're feeling negative, you will start to just instantly attribute that uncomfortable negative feeling to a thought. So for an example, yesterday I was on my way to work. Traffic was pretty thick, I would say, and I was feeling frustrated And because I'm so good at thought work, I didn't say I was frustrated because of the traffic. I said I was thinking to myself, I wasn't talking to myself, but I was thinking I'm frustrated because I'm thinking the traffic is bad. I feel frustrated because I'm thinking I should have left earlier. I feel frustrated because I think that the traffic should be different to how it is. Not frustrated because of the traffic. And it's so tricky to really train your mind to think that way. And even still, when I got to work, what was one of the first things I did? I said to a coworker, the traffic was so bad today. I was so frustrated. I didn't say I was thinking about it negatively. I just said the traffic caused me to feel frustrated. And it's not true. It's, it's always our thoughts about anything that cause us to feel a certain way. And You know, I was thinking while I was driving, the person next to me or behind me in their car could be feeling excited right now because they're going to see a loved one they haven't seen since um, the COVID restrictions. So the traffic isn't a problem for them because they're not thinking about it in that way. And 
really even just that word problems. I remember my teacher, Brooke Castillo, telling me or talking about in podcasts and in our um, training for being a coach that there is no such thing as a problem for anyone because all it ever is is a story that you're telling yourself about the circumstance. It's never a problem because if it's a problem, a real problem, it has to be a problem for everyone in the world. The traffic in Sydney on May 12th was not a problem for everyone in Sydney, everyone in the world at all. Some people, most people didn't even have a thought about it. So the traffic's not a problem. It's the way I'm thinking about it. That's a problem. And so just to reiterate again, that you'll know you're getting good at it because as soon as you start blaming something, you pull it back to your thoughts. It doesn't have to be traffic, obviously. It could be when I look in the kitchen and I perceive it to be a mess. There might be some dirty dishes. I start thinking I'm getting frustrated that the kitchen's a mess. And then I'm like, no, wait, I'm frustrated because I think it should be different. And I still may choose to be frustrated about it, but at least I know it's a choice. At least I don't think I'm at the effect of the world and that I'm way more powerful than that. And so are you. And even now, like I've been practicing thought work in general for two years. If I really am blaming my external, sometimes it'll be with my boyfriend, maybe we'll have Um, a disagreement and I'll think he's causing my feelings. I'll be saying, I'm so mad because he said whatever he said. That's when I'm like, okay, like I'm deep in this one. I'm not mad because of what David said. I'm mad because of what I think about it. What I'm making it mean. What am I making this mean? What do I make it mean when there's traffic? What do I make it mean when there's dishes in the kitchen? What do I make it mean when, I don't know, my boss says something or a co-worker says something. It's my thinking about it that's the problem. Now, when we have a thought that creates an emotion, we have four options for that emotion once we create it. Sometimes we can turn it around quickly and feel better quickly, but most of the time we pick one of the four that we have available to us. And I'm going to use me in the car with the traffic as an example for this. So I'm in the car, lots of traffic, feeling frustrated because of the way I'm thinking. One of my options is to react. So if I react to frustration, that might look like honking the horn, yelling, maybe banging the steering wheel, um, calling my boyfriend on Bluetooth, of course, to complain about the traffic. I react to that frustration. Now, we are generally taught through school and from our parents that it is inappropriate to react to emotion and that you're bad if you do that. And so what most of us tend to do instead is we might resist. So I feel frustrated And then I build up this resistance to feeling frustrated because I'm judging the frustration. I think it shouldn't be there, so I resist it. 
And usually for me, that just feels like a real tightness in my chest because I'm pushing against it. And it may even look like if you were in a conversation with your partner and you're starting to get upset or, you know, coworker, boss, whatever, um, you may be kind of biting your tongue with what you want to say. You want to, I guess, isolate and retreat from what's going on. So you're pushing away that emotion. Um, and I, I believe that's that's quite common with men. They're taught that reacting is bad and so instead they choose to resist and let it, I guess, all bottle up inside of them. Now, the next option is to avoid the emotion. And that's what a lot of us do. And I'm going to talk more about that throughout this episode. That's basically what this episode is going to be about, avoiding. Um, but it basically means that we numb ourselves to the emotion. Going to come back to it. Because before I get there, I want to say the fourth option is to process it. So processing means that you just sit with it. You don't avoid it. You don't resist it. You don't react to it. You just allow the vibration to be there in your body. You notice what it is. You notice the thought that created it. And then you bring attention to it. And I'm going to go back to that as well, because processing emotion is not something that we are taught to do in our lives by anyone. And it's really important and it's a skill to practice. It's not something that, you know, you hear it on this podcast and you just do it starting tomorrow, starting now. It's something that needs to be practiced. So let's go back to avoiding. Now, when we avoid emotion, it's again because we think it shouldn't be there and because of this entitlement that we all feel, all of us as humans, to feel good all the time. We think that that's how things should be because that's how we've been conditioned by um, our teachers and parents and whoever else. And I'm not saying that they have done that maliciously. They've actually done it mostly out of love because you know, even whenever I would ask my parents, you know, what do you want me to do? They would always say, we just want you to be happy. And of course, that's a very noble wish for your children and teachers as well. You know, if a, if a child comes up crying, the first thing you say is, what's wrong? And so what we're conditioned to believe is that feeling negative emotion is a negative thing, that something has gone wrong. And so what I want to offer is that nothing has gone wrong. You're having a human experience. No one comes to this world and leaves without feeling pain. It, I can't think of a single example of a human that has been able to live their life without feeling emotional pain. And so it just blows my mind that we think it's such a problem and something to avoid when really the way that we should be thinking about it is it's just part of it. It's part of the experience. And it's kind of like going on a roller coaster, I guess. You can't have the high, you can't, the roller coaster can't launch itself to the high unless there's a point of being low. And it doesn't necessarily mean that things are terrible and that things have gone wrong. Our uncomfortable negative emotions are 
teaches to us their lessons. It's polarity, meaning that if we know what we don't want, we are able to know what we do want. Because in reality, if we felt positive emotion all the time, we would feel bored. It becomes neutral. It becomes the baseline. And I think a lot of us also think that just our baseline is baseline emotion. Our baseline emotion is not good enough. And that is something that creates anxiety as well, thinking I should be feeling happier than I am. Now, what my teacher, Brooke Castillo, teaches is that it should actually be 50-50. You should be feeling 50% of the time positive emotion and 50% of the time negative emotion. And when she first said this, I, I was like, no, I don't want 50-50. That doesn't sound like a good deal to me. I would like 80-20 if possible, if not 70-30. I want 70-30. I don't want to feel negative 50% of the time. And she says that this is very common, that you know everyone she teaches this to, as soon as she says 50-50, is like, nope, don't want 50-50. And a lot of them even say that they don't feel 50-50. They actually feel positive more of the time. But when we explore that, and that's what I'm about to do, when explore people who think they feel more positive emotion, is that what they're actually doing is avoiding the negative. And what we call that in, I guess, the world that Brooke has created with self-development is buffering. And buffering is when your brain decides that anytime you feel a negative emotion, because remember our brain is that danger scanning machine, as soon as it senses it, and our brain's obviously very, very intelligent, they can sense it before you are consciously aware of it, it will do something to block you feeling negative. And what it really does is it just puts you into a state of numbing and feeling neutral. And it does this by reaching for a false pleasure. A false pleasure could be food. We know food gives us a dopamine hit. The dopamine hit is coming from, you know, whatever the food is made of, sugars, whatnot. It's a false pleasure because it's not coming internally from our own thoughts and our own way of being. Another could be alcohol. We know that alcohol um, changes our state of mind as well. It could be scrolling on your phone, just mindless scrolling, Facebook, Instagram, whatever it is that you use, numbing you out and giving you that dopamine hit from seeing the content that is on your phone. It could be Netflix, it could be um, gambling, it could be video games, it could be pornography. There are a lot of things that people use to get a hit of false pleasure because they are so hell-bent on ignoring or, sorry, avoiding their negative emotions. And it becomes so habitual, so habitual. I remember when I originally found out this concept, I... Um, realized I did it with my phone so much. I was always scrolling on Instagram and Facebook. I logged out of Instagram and Facebook so that every time I went to my phone and it was so unconscious, guys, like I would just find myself on it. 
And when I found myself on it, I had that block, obviously, because I had to log in and I couldn't say anything. I would be like, why am I here? Like, what was the thought that got me here? What was I avoiding? And a lot of the time it wasn't super negative emotion. It wasn't like I was, you know, about to cry or anything. It might just be that slight feeling of nervousness or anxiety or boredom. Like I really noticed if my boyfriend and I were out eating um, and he went up to go to the bathroom, the first thing I would do was go for my phone because I didn't want to be bored for the couple of minutes that he would be in the bathroom. Or I didn't want to, I guess, feel awkward being the person sitting alone at a table. I had to kind of numb myself to those emotions that, I mean, come on, I can survive feeling anxious or bored for a couple of minutes, but my brain had gotten so good at avoiding that it just did it so automatically. It really took me reining it in and getting to know myself because I learned so much from just that one experience of, okay, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to log in. I'm going to put the phone back down and I'm just going to feel bored. I'm just going to feel anxious. I just, let's see what it actually feels like. I don't even know. I don't know myself. And that's what I talked about on an earlier episode too, is when you're able to actually get to know those emotions that you so habitually avoid, you get to know yourself. And when you get to know yourself, you can become confident in yourself because you know that you are able to feel any emotion. I can feel anxious. I can feel bored. I can even feel embarrassed, humiliated, sad. I can feel all of those things and be okay. A lot of the time when we don't have confidence, it's because we don't think we can cope with our own feelings. And it's, you know, a lot of the time we don't even give ourselves the chance. So for you, this might look like coming home from work. It looked like this for me as well. Don't worry. Coming home from work straight away in the fridge, having a couple of pieces of chocolate, scrolling my phone, Netflix is on, avoiding something, avoiding stress, avoiding the feeling of hopelessness that, you know, this was my two hours where I wasn't at work for the day and didn't want to feel negative didn't want to risk feeling negative. So I was just putting myself into that state of numbing. And this is one of the things that at the life coach school where I'm being trained that we deal with as coaches a lot because we all do it. Everyone has their buffer that they like to use. And it's nothing to be ashamed of. It's just the way that our brains have adapted. But What I want to offer is that when you're constantly avoiding what is, you don't give yourself the chance to develop that confidence. And the more you practice it, the more that you must stay safe. Your brain thinks that you must stay safe. And that's when we stop trying new things because we think that if we try something new, something negative is going to happen, a negative emotion, we can't handle it. And this is all happening unconsciously. This definitely isn't something you're probably aware of, but your brain thinks something negative, a negative feeling is going to occur. So we better just not do it. Where this kind of thinking compounds and compounds and compounds until you're just living such a small life because you unconsciously think that you can't 
deal with the emotions that are going to occur in your life. And we can't run from them. It's 50-50, like I said. But when you stop feeling like the negative 50 is so negative, you're more likely and more equipped to be able to just go through it. Now that I know what it feels like to sit there for two minutes and feel bored while my boyfriend goes to the bathroom when we're eating out, now I'm more likely to be able to sit there and be bored for five minutes or 10 minutes and boredom's not a big deal. Same with feeling awkward. I used to avoid that so much. I hated feeling awkward, but when I just allowed myself to be there with it, it wasn't so bad. And I'm going to talk a little bit about how you can start processing those emotions through this podcast too. But before I do, I just want to go back to those buffers, the alcohol, the food, the Netflix, all of those things that we use to avoid our feelings and say that people will say that, well, you know, I don't think it's a buffer. I just think that I enjoy it. I enjoy having a glass of wine when I come home from work. I enjoy watching Netflix. I enjoy eating whatever food it may be. And that's fine. I'm definitely not saying that you can't enjoy things. Um, But what I am saying is you'll know if it's a buffer by asking yourself one thing. How would it feel if you didn't do it? So if you're a person who thinks that you just enjoy, let's say, a glass of wine or two or whatever it is um, after work and that you just it's just fun, you just like it. But what would it be like if you didn't do it? How would you feel? Do you even know how you would feel? Would it feel like you were being deprived? And if that's the answer to the question that you don't know or it would feel really depriving, then maybe it's, it is most likely a buffer. And the other thing I want to say is that it's not something that we just eliminate immediately. It's something that we slowly become aware of. We get to know ourselves and start to bring those thoughts to the conscious mind. Instead of letting our brain rule everything that happens, we start bringing it to our conscious mind. Because one of the things that your brain probably uses for you is you get home, oh, I had a long day. I deserve. That's a way that our brain very cleverly justifies buffering, that we deserve it. And that's by no means saying that people don't have hard days at work, long days at work, feel negative emotion, any of those things. It just means that you are avoiding it and that your brain is very clever at getting you to avoid it. So if we don't avoid it, then what do we do? Process it. I touched on it earlier, but I'm going to go deeper now. So processing an emotion means that first of all, you figure out what the thought is that's creating it. You've heard me say a million times now, thoughts create feelings. What is the one sentence thought that is creating that feeling? And then what we do is we just go into our body. So if you identify that it's sadness that you're feeling, you identify the thought How does it feel in your body when you feel sad? And I had to really get to know myself with this. I didn't know what my emotions felt like because as soon as they started coming, I would push them down. I would resist them or I would avoid them. I just, I didn't even know what they felt like. And so you go into your body, 
you figure out where it where it is kind of heavy or light or tight or whatever it is and Brooke even talks about kind of trying to explain it to an alien so if an alien came to earth and said well what is sadness you could describe to them exactly where in your body it feels and the other way she describes this that I found really helpful was that if you could imagine just being injected with an emotion if I came up to you and was like okay I'm going to inject sadness right now. It's going to last for five minutes and I inject it. What would you feel? And if it happened this way, if you knew it was going to end in five minutes, you would be so much more likely to be like, okay, yeah, let's, let's see. Let's see what this feels like. Let's go into my body and let's just feel it out. Because a lot of our fear is that if we start feeling it, we start feeling sadness and especially for me it was anger I was so scared that if I actually allowed myself to be angry that it would just never end it would go on I didn't know how long it would last what if it lasts for three hours what if I have to sit here and feel angry for three hours but when we actually allow ourselves and trust ourselves to go into that feeling and experience it it just takes the fear away. It's like a child on their first day of kindergarten. They're scared to go in, but when they come out 3 p.m. on the other side, they've experienced it now. They know what to expect. We don't even know what to expect with our own emotions. And the good thing about this is the amazing thing, the biggest gift that I have had from this experience is not only being able to experience my own unpleasant emotions, But now I feel positive emotions in a different way too. I'm able to really feel the nuances between excitement, um, joy, happiness, um, you know, all of those positives. I always get stuck trying to like list and list and list emotions, but you get to know the nuances. And so when you feel happy, you can compound it. It's like, okay, I feel it in my body and you can... Yeah, compound it. You can make it stronger because you know what it is. When we're in that space of avoiding all the time, avoiding our emotions, resisting our emotions, we don't get to know them. And so I guess I'll leave it here today. This is a big topic and I've already been talking for a long time. I feel like this is going to be my longest podcast, but it's a really important topic. I hope that you got a lot out of it and If you're identifying with this, if you're like, okay, I'm pretty sure I buffer and that's going to be the most likely thing. I don't know anyone who doesn't buffer. It's like I said, our brains have habitually um, put it into our routines and our brains habitually justify us doing it. If you're thinking right now, oh my gosh, like I don't know what to do. I buffer. First of all, please don't judge yourself because that's never helpful. But let me know in the DMs because I'm happy to chat to anyone about it, give you some more advice. I really don't want to leave you hanging um, if there's something that you have as a burning question right now. And really, this should be a moment. Like, I remember when I first learned about my emotions, I was like, oh, my gosh, like I've I buffer so much. But it really gives you power because once you realize that you're not in effect of the world, the world can't affect how you feel. 
and that you can gain authority and mastery of your own emotions, you open yourself up to such an amazing life, so much joy, so much confidence, and the world really becomes a place for you to use as a playground to experience the things that you want to experience and to stop running from fear, stop running from those negative emotions. Once you are conscious of it, it just opens you up so much. I hope that makes sense because, I mean, for me, it was even just doing a podcast like this. I would never have been able to do this three years ago. Never, 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 never. In my early 20s, I was much more likely to go out and do things and travel and experience new things. And as I got older into my 20s, I became that person who was just avoiding and resisting constantly. I didn't want to do new things. I, Even to be honest, going to new cafes and new restaurants used to even be something that would cause me anxiety because I was worried that I would be disappointed. I couldn't deal with being disappointed. And now because I can deal with any negative emotion that comes up, I have that confidence. I get to do whatever I want to do in my life. And learning this means that you can have that too. If you've listened to my podcast and you've gotten this far, you are in, Brooke says, the top 1% of people who are learning about this stuff. It's not everyone. This is not everyone's thing. But if it's yours, that's amazing. And, you know, it, it just brings you so much power in your life. So any burning questions or feedback or whatever, DM me, you know where to find me. It's in the show notes, but at Holly M. Wright on Instagram or the Meant to Make It Facebook page. And yeah, I'll see you guys in the next episode. Stay healthy and positive. Bye.